0: Hey Ramon. Hey Timea. Let's talk gender equality.
1: I love the idea. Give me a second, I just gotta grab my coffee. I hope you've got yours too.
0: Yeah, right here.
1: Welcome to another episode of gender equality over coffee. Uh, I am so excited to have the two of you here. Uh, We are joined today by Eva Lettner
0: Hi, Eva. Uh, Hi, everybody.
1: I, uh, Eva is uh, an incredible person. We are so happy to have you here today. Um, Yeah, I I figured I won't do the talking. Eva, why don't you tell us a name? Do you have a fun nickname for us that you like to share?
2: I don't have a nickname since my name is so short. No, nobody's ever bothered to make a nickname. When people call me a nickname, they usually prolong my name, which is weird. (laughs) uh so yeah i'm just i'm just eva on the internet i'm i'm eva underscore clothes, which is a play on words for my husband's last name
1: oh i never knew that yeah, <laughs> yeah well why don't you tell why don't we start off letting loose why don't you tell us a little bit uh about yourself maybe some three random things about you
2: some three random things um i make my own clothes uh I collect fountain pens. This is my newest edition. I love it very much. It's very pretty. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. And I'm teaching myself to play the piano for two years now. <laughs> Excellent.
1: That's that's awesome. I I I I I, mm. I I love it when 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 people tell us about uh, you know things that, that that are outside of their regular things that you see them in. Uh, Timia, do you play any instruments?
0: Mm, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but I was actually um, also interested in piano a while ago. So I got stuck on that point, but I never it never picked up. I don't have a keyboard at home, so. That kind of a keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) But I gotta say, I was thinking more about the collection, like, do I collect something? Do you collect something Ramon?
1: Do I collect something? Um, I collect random things at home, probably mostly (laughs) Nintendo things. It's a bad habit of mine. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Old Game Boys. I really like old Game Boys. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, I've seen some of you had some some meetings, meetups, and I was like, wow, I've never seen some stuff like this. It was really <laughs> peculiar for me and cute.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a little bit uh, of my background. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so Eva, you were um, keynoting at our women tech makers conference a few years ago. I think it was twenty seventeen.
0: Nineteen. 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 Not that far away. Yeah, but then you know, 2020
2: took 38 years, so
1: it it just feels like a different amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm I'm curious, why how'd you get how'd you you know get connected with women tech makers, Vienna? How did you find yourself leading there?
2: Wow, that that's actually I went to women tech makers conference ages ago. I, I don't even remember if I was already working in tech or if I was just starting out, but it was the first conference I ever went to.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> feel super like, <laughs> wow, okay. We were the first conference. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so it was either right after I
2: started working in tech or just before. Um, and it was just, it felt so great. There were so many cool people there and, and I met, People that I'm still friends with now, uh, like Pilar, um, mm-hmm. who is Ramon's sister. <laughs> yes. Uh, I met her there, and, and it was just a very nice atmosphere. And uh, I felt very empowered from all the speeches. And, and uh, it's just, it gave me the feeling that I, as a woman, can actually do things in tech and can uh, be influential in, in a way. And also this was when I saw myself first on stage. Like, I, I saw those women speak and I was like, oh, I'm gonna do that too. Wow. And I was terrified of public speaking all of my life. It, it's just nothing I ever uh, anticipated doing it. It was nothing I ever looked forward to. But when I went to the conference and I saw those women speak, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna do that too at some point. Uh, and I don't remember what year it was. It was either 2016 or 2017, then I went to the conference. Uh, and yeah, so things happened and um, I I wanted to volunteer for Women Techmakers at some point, but I didn't get really into it because I ran out and, and it, was, it was just very, I had a lot to do and, and it was just a little bit too stressful. Um, but then Timia and I uh, stayed in contact and eventually she asked me if I, if I would uh, give, give a talk at Women Techmakers and obviously I was like, yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> wow, I have so many actually follow-up questions on these points. <laughs> um, you are by now a public figure for me, um, especially since you became a Google Developer Expert. Um, so if one Googles your name, you, they can find talks with you. You've been at meetups, uh, spoke at conferences with over a thousand people. So that's amazing. And um, the one point I want to catch on to is um, in German, there's a, there's a specific word for this. I really like it. It's Quer Einsteigerin. Oh, yeah. Right. So you actually changed your um, profession. Yes. I want you to tell us a little bit um, about that aspect.
2: Yeah. So, initially, I wanted to be a linguist. Uh, I started studying uh, historical linguistics uh, at university and I was close to the end. Like, I was already writing my thesis and I was working in, in a project already, and it was all nicely laid out. I had my plan, I would get my master's, then I would get my PhD, and I would become a linguist. Uh, and now comes the sad part of the story, because then my mother got cancer. Uh, and I lost steam on uni. It was just, I couldn't focus on anything anymore. It was just getting through all these hurdles and, and making it through to the next day. Um, and so that took two and a half years, then my mother passed away. Um, and I found myself with, okay, what what am I doing now? Uh, because I can't go back to uni. I'm too far away now. Um, and I stopped studying. So I was there without perspective and without anything. So I had some random jobs here and there. I didn't want to be anything in particular. So it just bounced around and I and, uh, had different careers until at some point I thought, hey, there was this one thing that you did as a teenager that you really enjoyed. It was building websites, but then somebody told you that you can't do that as a career. Um, And by then, people did it as a career. So I thought, okay, you know what? I enjoyed this. I'm going to try this out. Uh, And I got myself back into programming, and I enjoyed it really much. And and yeah, (laughs) the rest is, is
0: history. I just got stuck in it. Um, You got into programming, uh, at least in one of the talks you mentioned you were basically teaching yourself. Is it so, or did you do any course or go to any course? um, But that didn't do much
2: for me. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't necessarily the, the fault of the course. It was just, I was used to teaching myself things from uni and and afterwards I just like teaching myself. <clears throat> so I have prior knowledge, so it was a lot easier for me to get into stuff. Um, and the stuff that, that we learned in the course wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. So there was loads of PHP and, and that kind of stuff that just didn't interest me. I wanted to make things shiny and float. Um,
0: so right. yeah. I, right, I, I remember that um, the, um, at the fest, you had a talk about CSS. Yes. Um, and that's how you did things shiny and nice and actually cute and nerdy. And I was, <laughs> I was, you know, I was trained in Java most of my <laughs> in my mm-hmm. professional years, and I've seen you do these amazing things with CSS. <laughs> I was fascinated. <laughs> Is that something that also got you excited into coding?
2: Yeah, uh, like, I I always wanted to stretch the boundaries of what is possible mm-hmm. with a certain technology, and I really got stuck in CSS, because I like to be a creative person, but I can't draw, it's just, that's not in my skill set, but for whatever reason,
0: maybe you- block stuff, look, you could draw with pixels, actually, yeah. It looks so cool. You had this monster. Let's uh, put in the show notes a link to. I think we still have the deafest talk. Yeah, that content should
1: still be around, right? On
0: the YouTube channel, we also make sure to link your keynote talk.
1: Absolutely. Here. One thing that I've always appreciated about about your talks, Eva, and 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 your presence in general as a community member is, is this this desire to help people get inspired and, and learn either, you know, by themselves or through whichever methods uh, work for them best. And I, and I'm I'm curious, what, what's, what's your driving factor there uh, for, you know, getting others up and running as a, as in this, for example, in this case, front-end software developers.
2: I teach myself through my own excitement. I'm a very excitable person. And, I get really excited about things very quickly and then I learn all about them. Um, This is how I learn and this is how I also teach. I make people excited about things so that they want to develop themselves further. Because when when I'm giving workshops and when I'm teaching, it's not enough to just be in the workshop and do the things that I tell them to that doesn't cut it. You don't become a developer from just being in a workshop. You become a developer because you love it and because you're excited about it and you wanna learn more. If you're not excited about it, it's, that's not enough that will not get you very far, is my experience. So what I like to do is build up excitement and emotion about the topic so that you actually want to work on it and that you want to get better at it. Um, and I always say at the end of my workshops, this is not enough. This, is, this was for nothing. If you don't do it now in your free time, if you don't practice and learn more, then you could have skipped this workshop because it's, it's no use. You have to be into the topic and you have to like it and enjoy it. Um, which is also a bit of a problem in the whole tech, tech industry because we are made to feel that unless we code in our three, free time, we are not developers, we are not real developers, but you really have to weigh in what your free time looks like and what you actually can do and what your job is. And yeah, so that's, that's the really, uh,
1: that's <laughs> absolutely. And I, I definitely want to come back to that. Mm-hmm. But uh, something you mentioned there about this desire to, you know, getting excited and getting others excited, I think is a good opportunity to just briefly touch upon uh, something that you started a handful of years ago uh, with Barbara Andrasek called uh, Women in Code. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this, this organization?
2: Yeah. So we founded a nonprofit organization that aims to get more women into tech uh, and our, goal is to teach people teach themselves and teach each other uh, so we we structured our courses they are not really courses they they are a communal workshop where everyone teaches each other and themselves um, so our courses are structured like this you show up if you're there for the first time you you get a little sticker that has a wand on it and so you can flock to all the people that also have a worn on it. And you do a specific exercise. If you get stuck, you look around the room and you find someone with a higher number than what is on your sticker. And that person will be able to help you because they have done that specific problem before. Uh, and that is the whole concept of it. So that we don't have to teach because teaching is very tiresome. And if you do it for free, in your free time, it becomes even more tiresome because you're spending your free time on something that is fun, but also you you need to make a living too, and and yeah, so this becomes very um, <laughs> becomes very difficult uh, with time. And we did this once once or twice per week, also. Uh, so we this it wasn't is- sustainable to teach all the time. And so we we came up with this concept of people teaching each other, and that has worked out great. It, it's really fun, and people have actually formed communities around this, uh, and and have uh, made WhatsApp groups where where they uh, program together and learn together. Um, people have become friends over this community. It's it's just really nice to see. Um, and we wanted to have a hands-off approach as much as possible as the founders of this movement because we want to enable women to take care of their own path and their own learning um, just because that is something that you need to learn as a developer in the future too. And yeah, it's it's loads of fun. We are on an extended break now though because uh First, we took a break for, uh, for mental health reasons because it was a lot of work. Uh, and now we're taking a COVID break because we, we did these things in person. Um, and the concept was always to have it in person. So you can walk around the room and yeah.
1: That's, that's awesome. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put I, a link to, sorry.
0: Yeah, yeah, the link is a good point. <laughs> you have to, of course. I wanted to say that I was once at an event, uh, uh, participated as a tutor, Mm -hmm. um, and I liked the atmosphere, and people were very open, and there was no shyness of asking questions. That's something that is not a given in some events, and I was actually fascinated of what intriguing projects some of the participants had. They were more advanced than what I ever did in some regards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was there as a tutor and I was like, okay, maybe next time I should just come as a participant, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what I also liked is I've noticed that um, at, at these events, people are Quereinsteigerinnen. Einsteigerinnen. A lot of them, so they are coming from different backgrounds, and they want to uh, use IT or programming for their domains to empower them in their work, become more efficient, or create something uh, that is online available. And that was, that was. I think this is what is definitely missing in a lot of tech: this multidisciplinary aspect. Yeah, yeah completely. And and it
2: was just very nice uh, to see all those different perspectives because we have loads of participants who come from a marketing background um, because they want to learn what costs so much when they give this little task to a developer and why, why this is now (laughs) 5,000 euros if it's just a button. Um, And, and that is super interesting because they want to gain knowledge in order to be more powerful and, and to be more assertive in their jobs. They don't necessarily want to program themselves but they want to gain the knowledge so that they can be more assertive. And that is super cool. That is just that, that keeps us going in this because we, we actually help them in their current situation. You don't need to change jobs, but they will become better in, in their current situation. And that is just
0: really awesome. So I find this to be a direct parallel of your experience and you wanting to give back, so that other people can have this experience. Is yeah. this the spark that ignited the collaboration with Barbara on Women & Code? Yes, I think that's that's exactly
2: it because <laughs> getting into tech changed my life so much for the better. It gave me so much independence, also on a monetary basis because obviously in tech, we, we earn quite a lot more than in other professions, which is sometimes very unfair um but it just gave me so much more power over my own life and
0: i want to share this with other women that's so beautiful yeah. and uh, thank you for the work you do for our community it's
1: fun <laughs> <laughs> well um going going back to what we're just touching upon briefly before i mean i think something something that comes with a lot of you know a lot with volunteering and you know getting getting your work out there and trying to do work outside of work is a danger of what is especially i found this year to be a bit of a a bit of an issue and that is this sort of hustle sort of culture that's come out you know people trying to to overextend their their their, cap- their capabilities and you know come up with more ideas and projects and products and and try to you know level up as which in whichever st- Field, be it STEM or other that they're in, and this leads to burnout a lot. And something that I've always admired and actually been inspired by you, Eva, is that is that you are very clear in this separation. Um, so I, I I've wanted to ask, if, especially for our listeners who are probably starting out and uh, and thinking, you know, I can do this all day, every day. Um, why why is it so important to you to have this this separation? It's
2: this, this is my private space. This is where, where I am creative. This is where I do my own things. And I don't want to let work creep into this because I need to regain my strength. Because in my job, I use a lot of, of my energy to be a professional, professional. <laughs> and I lead a team at work. I need to have the energy to, to help people. And, and to empower them. So I need to regain my energy. And as an introvert, I gain my energy from being alone um, and, and just doing stuff with myself. So it's very important to me to have that distinction and especially also with volunteering and doing extra stuff outside of work. I need to have a certain amount of free evenings to me and also have time for my relationship and have time for friends because most of my friends are outside of tech, which is very healthy. (laughs) Put things into perspective because we can get in a rut of going to this meetup if it's not the pandemic, obviously. But there was a time when every evening I was in a meetup and that was fun for a while. Mm -hmm. But it's so draining because there are so many people and so many conversations. you feel like you hustle all the time because maybe this person will at some point give you a job and then you know this person and that person can mentor you and whoa but you also need the mind space to keep all of that in your head like who's who and who do i ask for what so this is just a lot of stuff that's in your brain and it's it's constantly in there and and um so if you have trouble sleeping because you're constantly worrying about things and have I said the correct thing to that person and I need to go to this meetup and I need to give a talk there. This will cost you a lot of energy or at least that's what happened to me. And so at some point I decided, okay, I will say no and I will learn to say no. And this is very difficult. (laughs) I think saying no is a very important skill And also realizing that when you say no, you're not mean. You're not hurting anyone. You're just saying, no, I can't do this at the moment. Maybe I will do it later. Maybe I won't do it at all. Um, It's just super important to be able to say, this is not in my capabilities now. I don't have time for this. I don't have the energy for this. There's also the analogy with the spoons. You have a certain amount of spoons every day. I don't have enough spoons for all of the things that I want to do and that people want me to do. And yeah.
0: This brings me to um, the title of your keynote, which was, it had this word polymath that I didn't even know before. (laughs) And the fact that the life of a polymath, that's the title, um, which you described to be as a person that has eight arms. (laughs) <laughs> uh, involved in um, like a, like you yeah, are an octopus involved in a, in a lot of projects a lot of things at the same time um i found that very um genuine and a very good insight into your personality and how do you deal with things in general um so i think it really fits it's 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 the word that sums up uh, this Tremendous energy that you put in the community and in the work and I identify myself with it and to be honest, um, this break because of the pandemic actually is is was good for me because I could finally stand still and not go to a ton of meetups. Yeah. Right. So I think for us, this was not a a bad break (laughs) in that sense. Oddly enough, I planned for
2: 2020 to be my year of not speaking. So I had planned, before we knew about the virus and anything, <laughs> I had planned to not give a single talk for the whole year. Cool. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to travel. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do meetups. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to be quiet for a whole year. I, I didn't know that my wish would extend to the whole world. I'm very sorry for that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it was taken care of.
1: Well, I hope that being here with us doesn't count as one of those activities.
2: Oh, no, not at all. I'm not
0: changing. It. <laughs> hey, we are, we're drinking coffee here. Come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a friendly chat.
0: Yeah. And uh, by the way, friendly chat, um, thinking about your polymath story. And uh, you also mentioned something like that basically translates in the fact that you sometimes get very easily bored of projects, mm-hmm. ideas, uh, tasks. Uh, you, you like to switch, which also would, potentially mean that you switch jobs, um, and I also f- have quite some switches in my past 10 years of experience on my CV, mm-hmm. uh, but in summer, when I was trying to land a job, someone asked um, from an HR department, uh, you know, why do you switch jobs so often, because it was in my CV, do, do you, did you ever get this question? Yes. yes. So How I do you deal you with it? Off-hopper give me a hint here. Give me a help. I didn't know what to say. I was like, I was, I was speechless that question. I didn't expect it. Yeah,
2: yeah there, there are always different reasons of why you switch jobs. I mean, sometimes you switch a job or at least I switch jobs when I can't learn anything anymore at this specific company in this specific uh, position because either I don't get promoted or, um, hmm. I, I just, I reached the point in this company where, where I can go and that is it. And I can't learn anything anymore. So what am I still doing there? Um, then there is also the case of as women, and we know this, there is data on this. You get promoted less often than men. So if I want a promotion and a raise, I need to switch jobs most of the time. And that has happened for me in, in a couple of situations where I wanted to, to uh, get a raise or get a promotion mm-hmm. and I couldn't but if I switch jobs I would suddenly earn a lot more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is also a reason to go. There are also multiple reasons of sometimes maybe in a job you get harassed or, or uh, you get discriminated against or your male colleague will be promoted even though he has less experience these are all things that happen all the time. And these are all reasons to go, because why should I stick around if I have the possibility to go somewhere else where somebody made me a great offer? Um, but That's, yeah, especially yeah, in Austria, true. we have this thing of, you need to start at a company and you need to be there until you retire. But, that but is still, not... do you think it's fair that they ask no. you this? No, I think it's horrible because th- there are situations of why I needed to switch. and, and especially as a yeah and i have family. no problem explaining that to an hr person of why i went from that job and why i quit that job and where I, why i left there i will explain all of that to them but they are not interested they don't care they
0: just see yeah, their
2: jobs all the time i, I suppose
0: think. they just see that i don't know they see you like a fluctuation cost yeah, sure. <laughs> or they see was ah this person you know is not loyal or yeah but i think the underlying point there would have been can I as a company offer this person that obviously is uh, striving for more and learning? Can I offer that environment? Yeah,
2: sure. That's what I would just wanted to say. If I, I'm willing to stay forever, if you offer me an environment where I can grow, where I don't get bored, bored as as a, as a, my my skill set and where, where I can grow and, and do all the things that I want to do and learn more things, do more things get promoted when it's feasible and when it makes sense Mm -hmm. and be treated fairly, then I have no problem staying forever.
0: I have not found the company. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me neither. (laughs) I was looking into founding my own. But basically, um, the question, basically you would go into explaining the HR person um, for each job, the reason. I have done that before, but they Mm -hmm. don't care. Okay, so that doesn't, it's not necessarily helpful, but that's
1: the truth in the end of the day. Yeah. So I can't, I can't speak from (laughs) 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 experience. No, I can't, I can't speak from experience because I've uh, never actually worked full time before, but I get the feeling from conversations with other people that this is kind of a vestige from an older, from an older generation, an older world where, where Benefits and 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 incentives could keep people in a company for their entire career, and I find that especially in a, in in a software development, and I'm sorry to call it this, but I, but a bubble, I feel like this is kind of a norm now and expected of people to be able to jump between companies once every one to two years, mm-hmm. and that it's healthy and encouraged, you know, especially, you know, yeah, so I'm I'm. Mm. stem is of course a, is, is a completely different is is also a different case uh for for people working in something other than software engineering so yeah. yeah
0: oh i've researched this topic and i think i can do a whole podcast just on that
1: i think we found uh, our topic for another episode yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but let's <laughs> let's leave it to another time because i'm of a different opinion about that i just i just wanted. F- from another woman in IT to see how she deals with this uh, bias of A- HR people, yeah. which which I found out to be something uh, quite extensive happening in in between millennials that they switch jobs often, mm. and I am hoping that somehow the next generation is more loyal if the company also you know yeah, invests I in wish- them to be loyal.
2: <laughs> yeah, I wish
0: companies would learn that
2: they can keep even millennials even yeah. <laughs> if they provide a nurturing environment
0: yes yes
2: but they are many companies are still stuck in the old ways of my dad started his job when he was 17 he's still yeah. in the same company and he will retire there
0: it's and that's not bad it's but not uh, bad. He, he just want a little bit more like yeah. maybe a learning budget yeah i've that's something that I always yeah. <laughs> appreciate in job offers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like we're gonna have to really research and go into. i I definitely got to read up on this and and get oh, ready for Ramon, a big yeah. throwdown. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: have what to talk about.
1: Well, um, let's uh, not not keep you forever, Eva. I know you've got you're busy and you know you've got stuff to do. Uh, I. You know. One one question that we always ask our our guests here is, you know, for this is a, a big purpose of this podcast is to for people to be able to find where they can do their volunteering, how they can find mentors, and get started in doing their part for, to improve uh, improve the intersectionality and inclusivity of of organizations and and and, uh, and and activities. And so I'm wondering if do you have any advice that you would like to pass on to people that that are interested in starting out here?
0: Or steigerinnen. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I'm not gonna try and pronounce that.
0: (laughs) It's a mouthful for me too, but I like the word, (laughs) meanwhile. Um, There are actually programs where you can sign
2: up if you're starting out and you want a mentor. Uh, One of these programs actually was uh developed and and uh was the idea was born in a hackathon that Barbara and I organized uh and it's called We Mentor, so it's mentors for women uh and and it's those those women that actually founded the organization uh I think they got to know each other through Women in Code or at least they, they were part of the Women in Code community and that is super awesome it's
0: really cool right yeah. when because this is what happens at women Tag makers too, and I'm always so yeah. proud of that, uh, sparking and empowering other communities to show up. Yeah, yeah, this it's really, really. cool. I know women mentor. I'm, I'm hoping we can get somebody on our podcast.
2: Yeah, to talk about yeah, it. they had this great idea, and it's, it's just it, it became a whole movement, and yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I know people who are mentored there. I, I mentor somebody as well through women mentor. Uh, it's, it's just a It's a structured approach to finding a mentor. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it can be super scary to just write to somebody. If you want to be a mentor, that feels kind of weird. For introverts, it's difficult to do I I, myself like that. Yeah. So especially in in a digital age in 2020, where where we don't go anywhere, you can't meet potential mentors. Um, So... There are a couple of networks also internationally where you can actually find a mentor. Some of them are paid, uh, but it gives you a a good network of people that you can reach out to. Mm -hmm. Um, When you can go outside again and when there are meetups again, uh, obviously going to meetups and meeting people is super fun. Going to conferences and then talking to the speakers is also a really great idea because you might think, it's super scary and you can't talk to, to one of the speakers because I enjoy talking to people and so does everybody else of the speakers that I know and we're just normal people that hang out at a conference and it's completely normal to go up to us and, and ask us questions and, and chat with us and have lunch with us because there have been conferences where I had lunch alone because nobody dared approach me. Nope. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's we are normal people. Please talk to us. It's fine. We might be a little bit shy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, can really yeah,
2: that's that's also a way to get to know people that are in the industry and that that have their foot in the door already.
0: Um thank you for telling that aspect. <laughs> thank you for telling us this aspect yeah. of how it is to be a speaker and eating a alone lunch because people think you're i don't know unapproachable not true people not true <laughs> but i i know from going to conferences before i
2: was actually speaking there i was like oh i can't talk to the speaker they are super famous mm. but that is not true this is not a rock star thing it's it's just, they they are normal people that yes. just on stage and talk about stuff that they
0: are proud of most importantly, everybody can be a public speaker. Of course. And at Women Techmakers, we try to make space all for, for newcomers yeah. uh, that speak the first time and are just passionate about their domain or their project. And you mentor them too in, in making their talk professional and, and uh,
2: losing stage fright if they have it. And, and that is super cool. That's a great first time speaking experience. Because cool. it's a very yes. positive environment. And, and yeah, speaking is, is super fun. And it was very scary for me for the first time. But practicing in front of a small crowd first and then giving the talk at a conference really helps. Being prepared really helps. And yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's just, you get so much energy from the people that listen to your talk.
0: That's just, amazing. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think to add on to that, if I may, um, one thing that I've experienced a lot with public speaking is that a lot of folks sometimes, uh, uh, some folks that I try to think that I think to myself, these these people could be amazing public speakers, and you know I try to gently, very friendlyly nudge them in that direction. Sometimes, sometimes some folks really are just not interested in becoming public speakers or don't want to, or maybe the the, the, the the concept of being on a stage in front of dozens, hundreds, thousands of people, is just not something they jive with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to remember, I guess, I think I'm saying this more to 24 year old me. Um, if you feel like you should be on stage, but don't want to, don't force yourself either.
2: No, no, of course not. It, it's not a career driver. I mean, Absolutely. it is a little bit, but it's not. It doesn't give you more than than if you would just do your job. That's it's completely fine to not do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a great experience, especially when when you can travel. You see different cities. You meet a lot of people. It's a cool experience. But if it's not something that you feel will benefit you, then don't do it or try it out and see if you like it. But if you don't like it, don't. It's also fine. It's fine. It's fine to just listen. It's fine to just go to conferences. It's it's fine to watch them on YouTube. It's completely fine. You don't have to be a conference speaker to be a developer. There is no such thing.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. Thanks a lot, Eva. I think, I think with that, I think we've take enough of your time. We're so grateful that you could come on today, Eva. Um, One last tiny thing. Um, Is there any, um, is there anywhere that people can get in touch with you that they, if they'd like to, or maybe a shout out you'd like to give to some organization that we can put in our show notes?
2: Uh, I am reachable on Twitter is the easiest. That's Eva underscore Trostlos. And With the organization, you just cooked me your food. (laughs) Women and Code. Women and Code. Women and Code, but we are on break, so I don't want to really advertise that until we are
0: back. Okay, let's talk about it in the next episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All good. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, thanks. see you next time.
0: Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye to everybody. Are you on the
1: forefront of gender
0: equality? You are invited on our podcast.
1: That's right. Or maybe you know somebody that we could have a chat with on gender equality. You should totally get in touch with us. We're on Twitter at gendercoffee or any of the other contact methods on our show notes. We would love you to get in touch and for us to have a chat.